It's still pride season, and are you ready to show off your body loud and proud? Or is a massive bush holding you back? Well, our sponsors for today, Manscaped, want to let you know it's time to make your pubes pride parade ready. Manscaped is the world leader in below-the-waist grooming. Prep for pride with the brand new Lawnmower 4.0 and Ultra Smooth Package. You can get 20% off plus free shipping by using our code TAGS, T-A-G-S, by going to manscaped.com. What is going on? You are listening to TAGS Podcast, a.k.a. Talk About Gay Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Steve V. This is episode 276. And as we round out Pride on this episode, I'm talking to some very special people. Along the way, we're going to be talking to D'Angelo Jackson, porn star, talking about his brand new upcoming documentary. He's going to tell us Black in Porn. He's going to tell us all about it and the inspiration of about it. Great talking to D'Angelo Jackson again. Then up next, we've got Brad Shreve of Queer Writers of Crime podcast. Going to give you also some top books by our LGBTQ community that you can be reading this summer. He's got the list for you. Stay tuned for that. And later in the show, we'll be talking to friend to Tags Podcast, Kevin M. Thomas, who's going to be talking about some sexy films that aren't porn that are out now that you should be watching. So stay tuned. We got you covered in this next hour. It's episode 276. Here we go. Okay, well, I couldn't be more excited as my next guest, D'Angelo Jackson, who has a brand new film. We're going to talk all about it, Being Black and Porn. D'Angelo, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good. Happy Pride Month. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy Pride. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the last time we talked, uh, we were talking when you were on my show, we were talking about um, Porn Star Pandemic, which was a film uh, about the pandemic, but following the lives of several actors. Well, you have followed up with this. uh, I just saw the trailer, but you give us a lot in that trailer. So I'm really excited to see the film. Um, What was your inspiration to because this is a film by you, um, being black in porn. Yes. Um, you know, I, I had this idea even before the, um, resurgence of the black lives matter movement, um, in 2020 of, um, of the summer. And it's something that, you know, a story that I've been wanting to tell that's not really been told, um, quite in depth. Like I really, like I really feel like it deserved. And it's something that's been an issue within the porn industry as long as the porn industry has existed, you know, the gay porn industry, rather. Right. And it's just, it's just you know, a story that I felt needed to be put out there so people know what's going on. And maybe we could start to um, make some changes, you know, um, you know, now that the story is out there. Well, I know after you won and you won and were the first African-American to win Best Actor at the Gay VN Awards. um, First of all, how did you feel? Did you feel kind of like after this award, it was almost like 
the award was the baton so that you wanted to kind of create something like this uh, new film that you have? Absolutely. I think it gave me um, a larger platform to really use that and to put it to good use. You know, um, it's something I felt more weight on my shoulders with the, with the you know, with the win um, to really utilize it and to put it to good use so we can, so I can tell me and Dwight O'Neill, we could tell uh, the story and get it out there more, um, more press, you know. So for me, I, I think it was, it was truly a blessing. I love it. And aside from yourself that's featured, you narrate this as well. You have actors like Max Connor, Dylan Diaz, Rock Rockefeller, all featured in being black in porn. Um, there's a part in the trailer that I was watching over the weekend. Uh, and by the way, congratulations, because you, uh, you launched this on Juneteenth, correct? Yes, we launched a trailer um, on Juneteenth, Saturday, or Friday, rather. And um, yeah, so, you know, it, I was, it's just exciting to even have the trailer out there. Um, and then you actually submitting it to um, a couple of film festivals. This fall is going to be even more exciting. I love it. Yeah. And in one of the scenes, because like I said, you're very generous on the trailer, which is great because I got a feel of just how good this film is going to be. One of the scenes is one of the actors talking about when he's been cast in the past as always the urban character. And he said, when you look at me, you don't necessarily get that. And I couldn't help but relate to that as a Latino myself. I used to be an actor in LA in the early 2000s when all I would ever get cast as or be wanted to be seen for by management was the you know, the criminal or the the thug. And I was like, look at me. There's nothing about me, even though other than the fact that I happen to be Latino, that screams, you know, the thug. And I wish I could play that, but I just couldn't. Um, you really go in depth with some of these stories. And how did you get people to open up? Were these actors really receptive? Um, it was very difficult to get <laughs> um, <laughs> the, 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 you know, stuff of the, um, the stars to really open up because it's something that's very, very touchy. Um, and a lot of, a lot of the models, I think were just scared or, you know, of, of any backlash or of being, being blacklisted. But, you know, the ones that we got that were brave enough to actually tell their, their truth, um, it's something that we've, we've all gone through as, 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 as men of color. And um, as far as having these stereotypes thrust upon us um, when it comes to, you know, the scripts, you know, of all these, of all the scenes that we've done, um, things have slowly gotten better, but it, it's, it's still, you know, still um, a problem. Yeah, it's interesting because you say, you quote, I think at the end of the trailer, what better time to narrate our stories than now? Do you think that this, your film maybe wouldn't, the timing wouldn't be right, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, because as we know, porn for so many of us is a fantasy world. And for so long, it seemed that, you know, the separateness of porn actors didn't bleed into, and there's a whole reason why porn actors create a whole new persona and a, a different name. It's because mm -hmm. it's fantasy. So what did you really mean um, about timing? What better time to narrate our stories than now? You know, it, it, for me, it meant that, you know, with the resurgence of uh, Black, Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter movement, um, I think the time was, was, 
not even now, it was past time, really. <laughs> it was past time to, to, to really get this out here. And I think, you know, the timing of this is just, it's timely, it's perfect. And um, it's, it's the story that, that needs to be, um, to be heard now. Absolutely. And it looks like you get some really great in-depth, intimate conversations going. Um, I couldn't help mm -hmm. but notice that the setting, there was some really beautiful areas that you shot this too, which always makes for a great film about storytelling. Can you just talk a little bit about where we, what we were looking at? We wanted to get the models in several different settings, you know, whether it be um, in a home, a couch, just or just being outside, you know, just because these are the places that we had these conversations, you know, without a camera, but just um, amongst ourselves. So we wanted to be as authentic as possible and be very comfortable. And you know, the more comfortable the setting was, you know, the more the models would open up. Um, and they and that they did, they opened up a lot to us. And uh, we got some really, some really, really good stories and, and good feedback because of that, yeah. because of the settings itself, absolutely. Yeah, it's not like you were in a porn setting and taking a break from a shoot. <laughs> I think it's probably really important that you got people out of the element of porn and just mm -hmm. so they could be open. I couldn't help but also love what I saw, and I can't wait to watch the film, but the conversation and the ongoing uh, debate of the difference between OnlyFans versus studio porn. Mm -hmm. And you have some actors talking about that are strictly, they just love the studio, the, the actual studio porn and having, you know, even a, a green room or a, a hair and makeup room and, mm -hmm. and working with crew. And then there's the other people that you feature in your film that talk about, well, no, I really love creating and the power I have mm -hmm. of creating my own content. Um, just curious, where are you on the fence with that debate? I think there's room for, for both studios and, and you know, um, platforms like OnlyFans and Just For Fans. I think there's room for, for both, you know, for those two entities to both exist um, without one taken away from the other. Um, at least that's, that's what I hope. But, you know, I also respect, I'm one of those models that, that prefers to, to be on set. Um, and to be directed and just have a crew. But, you know, I also do OnlyFans. I think, you know, we can really utilize both without one, you know, um, taken away from the other. Yeah, and it almost seems the more I talk to performers these days, it's kind of like the argument with social media. If, you know, you can't, you really, no matter almost what industry you're in, you can't avoid going, having some social media platform. It almost seems like with these sites, you kind of need that to kind of bounce off of your studio and they can really kind of work in tandem. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's, it's just a balance. And I think, you know, um, both studio and, you know, OnlyFans can really coexist without it really being an, um, a huge issue. Now, I know you alluded a little bit to that you're going to start submitting this to some of the film festivals. Is it a full length film? And is that will we have to just kind of wait to see uh, the trajectory of this film? Exactly. It's a full length film. And um, I'm just super excited for, you know, um, everyone to see you know, the full stories and the full scope of the documentary. It was, a lot, it was a lot of work that was put into it. So, and it was, like I said, it was hard getting models or finding models that were open up. So um, I'm super excited to 
to see um and to read all the, the reviews good or bad you know because <laughs> i know yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be a little um controversial um it's already you know with some models because of the um only fans bit that's in there some things that were said <laughs> but you know and that's that's fine you know everyone um has an opinion about it these these, these topics are very very um touchy so it's, it's going to be a lot of feedback good and negative Listen, it's a conversation. We know about it on this show. We we have an opinions, and I think that's it's it. The timing, like you said, is perfect for this. Um, I'm so excited about it. Before I let you go, though, I noticed I believe um, you have a toy line that came out, uh, a replica of your dick and um, a flesh jack. Can you just tell us yeah. about that? Yeah, yeah. It was um, just recently released, like a, um, like a month and a half ago, and. This is something I've always wanted to, you know, have done for my fans. And so, you know, I have my 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 flashlight and I have my dildo that my fans can finally have a part of me um, to themselves every day. You know, so that's that's super exciting for me. And it's just so surreal to have your own toy line. Um, yeah, it's, it's very hot. Wow. It's very hot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you are like moving on up. I love this. It's so exciting. Um, just curious, can people find it? Where can people find these toys? Go to um, flesh, flesh, uh, fleshjack.com and it's going to be right there on the front page and it should be easy to order. Um, you can order a bundle, you can order just the flashlight by itself or the dildo by itself. So, um, yeah, head to uh, fleshjack.com. Well, the upcoming film is called Being Black in Porn, a film by D'Angelo Jackson and Dwight Allen O'Neill. Um, yeah, we uh, People can watch. I'll post this. If it's postable, I'll post it on tagspodcast.com. Otherwise, where can people f- look at the trailer? Cause, and I highly recommend it because you, you get to a good insight. It's not like one minute long. It's, you get a, you know, a nice oh, scene yeah. in there. I think it's like a little over four minutes. Um, you can watch the trailer on on the uh, I believe it's Nora Mail, the, uh, the IG. So just type in official Nora Mail, and it should be the first thing that pops up as far as the trailer. You guys can see the full scope of you know Nora Mail on Instagram. So check it out, please. Well, D'Angelo Jackson, as always, thank you so much. I can't wait for this film. It really does look great. I can't wait for it. Keep us posted because we will um, let people know as, as it as it comes out. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Hey there, Steve V here, taking a quick break from our Pride cast to talk about Pride. Oh my gosh. If we just think about a year ago, everything was so virtual and now everything is opening up. And I mean everything, including some parts of my body. Mm-hmm. More to come on next week's show. I will tell some pride stories for you. Well, I have to tell you though about Manscaped because Manscaped is the only brand dedicated to below the waist grooming. And you know, their brand new shaving tools just dropped right in time for pride season. Well, hey, what, who are we talking about? The entire summer. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is now available in the USA and Canada. And what makes this waterproof trimmer different from all other trimmers? Well, it's the 7000 RPM trimmer, which features skin safe technology, so it'll keep your balls in check and has helped reduce manscaping accidents around the world. 
It also has a new multi-function on and off switch, can engage a travel lock created for jet setter. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Additional guard lengths with sizes one through four. Well, you know what? They let you trim to your liking. I love investing in the best new technology and advancements, and I'm blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are totally next level. Did I mention the trimmer is waterproof too? In the shower or in the wild and from your chest pubes all the way down to your ball fro, the Lawnmower 4.0 is the best trimmer for you. Be sure and check out all their other products they've got on the site, like the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, as well as the Crop Reviver. So let me tell you about the deal. You can get 20% off plus free shipping by using our code TAGS, T-A-G-S, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use our code TAGS, T-A-G-S, prune your pubes for pride season with Manscaped. All right. Well, it's Pride Month, and I couldn't think of a better guest to have on my show than a fellow podcaster. Welcome to the show, Brad Shreve of the podcast, Queer Writers of Crime podcast. Brad, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Happy Pride. So now, okay, I wanted to have you on the show. We're going to get into uh, summer reads that you recommend, um, hopefully in our uh, LGBTQ genre. But before we get into that, um, you're, you have this podcast, Queer, Queer Writers of Crime, uh, but you're also a writer too. Is that how you came up with the idea to do the podcast? Absolutely. I was a frustrated writer. Uh, like many people, I thought the only queer novels out there or queer genres were romance or fantasy, and, or no, romance or erotica, I should say. And nothing wrong with erotica, but I'm not really that good at writing it, and I'm not a fan of romance. But because I wanted to be a writer, I was trying to write romance novels and was doing miserably and wasn't happy at all. Uh, and then about 10 years ago, I discovered LGBTQ crime novels. And not only did I find out that the subgenre exists, but it's brimming with incredibly talented authors. Uh, so I immediately changed my focus from romance to mystery and was having a great time writing uh, and have since published uh, two novels in my Mitchell Riley mystery series. Uh, one is A Body in a Bathhouse, and the other is A Body on the Hill. And two years ago, as I was writing the second novel, it hit me that if I wasn't aware of the subgenre, there must be thousands of others who don't know about it. And so Queer Writers of Crime was born. I love that I, because in essence, I did the same thing with talk about gay sex. I mean, it, it's pretty much spells it out for you. And of course, we evolved into sexuality in general and often talk about our LGBTQ plus sexuality. But I started with a very specific gay sex with Queer Writers of Crime podcasts. Did you find that you had a plethora of talented 
queer writers writing crime and, and um, of that genre? I've had no problem having guests from day one. I'm usually booked about six months in advance. There are so many that I'm surprised more people don't know. And I have a firm rule on my show that any author I have on, their novels must have the rule that crime is prime. And what that means is there are tons of romance novels out there. They don't need any more publicity. So crime is prime means their crime novel can have sex. It can have romance. It can have all kinds of secondary stories, but it must be clear that this is a mystery, a suspense, or a thriller novel. Otherwise, I love you're that. not a guest. Good. And I love that because I'm a huge crime thriller fan myself. All you have to do is turn on any of the streaming platforms or TV shows these days and know that that's a popular genre. And of course, when it comes to books, people in my mind that write, read, I'm currently reading a book on uh, the last, uh, I guess the last plane ride. And I, they're page turners. And so I think that's kind of the the factor that keeps people coming back. You know, you said you don't write a lot about sex, but I can't, I have to ask you, a body in a bathhouse? I've been to a bathhouse now. <laughs> Did you find yourself uh, having to write about sex and getting into it and, and just all the little nooks and crannies that go into a bathhouse? The, it's a maze when you go into most bathhouses. In my story, actually, it was a bathhouse full of evangelicals doing Bob Bible study. <laughs> You're kidding, I hope. <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, I will say, given the atmosphere that it's in, it's pretty clean. Is there sex? Absolutely. Uh, I go into the primary character had lived a past of doing partying and playing and hanging out at the bathhouse and and having a gay old time until his life crashed as a result of it. And he is having to go back into the bathhouse environment of uh, naked men wandering halls uh, looking to hook up and plenty of sex, sex and drugs going on and deal with that as he's investigating a murder that took place there. I love it. I'm picking up a copy. It's going to be one of my summer reads for sure. Um, so thank you for that. And I'm glad. Um, and I understand your main character, Mitchell Riley, uh, was in both both books so far. And you're keeping that character alive and well in some upcoming books? Yes. It's a series. Uh, I love Mitch. He's got some growing to do. Uh, there's a relationship that's going on. Everybody's cheering on that it's going to make it. I'm making no guarantees, so uh, they'll just have to wait and see. Related to your question about bathhouse, I do want to tell you one thing. Generally, I learned not to read reviews. Other authors have taught me that because you can have 100 great ones and have one bad one, and all you do is focus on the bad ones. Correct. But I did read one by this guy who was very angry because gay writers need to learn that 80% of the characters don't have to be gay. And the he was a little concerned about that when he read the title of the book. 
<laughs> it, hmm. it, it's safe to say, if you looked at the title of my book, if the murder took place in the bathhouse, pretty much all the suspects are going to be gay. Correct. <laughs> um, news reports were not all perfect and evangelicals, like you stated, although there are probably more, more crimes. So, yeah. That's funny. Well, okay. And lastly, before we get into your the top five or, or whatever list you brought for us, because uh, in a minute, Brad is going to give us some great summer reads of his recommendations. And who, what a better source than Brad, who who has my favorite genre and has a different author on every week. But I have to ask you, it is Pride Month, and a lot of us took this last year to kind of reflect and think about, you know, doing what we really love. And often that big step is daunting. What can you share with people just quickly on, I know you worked in the corporate world. I know you wanted to be a cartoonist, but you were in that corporate world for so long. What was your big leap of faith that can maybe give some encouragement to people really trying to find their passion? Well, I kind of cheated. I Cheating's okay. We allow it. <laughs> I won't tell. Uh, 9-11 happened. I worked in the hotel industry. I didn't work in a hotel itself, but I worked in a corporate office for many, many years. 9-11 hit and it destroyed the hotel industry for a period of time and there were massive layoffs. I wanted to leave anyway. I had it in my head. Somehow I'm going to leave and what was I going to do? Become a bartender? All kinds of things were going through my head of how am I going to support myself while I did the things I really want to do. And I was, it was forced on me. So I worked jobs that uh, paid significantly less, but didn't require as much time and uh, didn't exhaust me as much. So that's how it happened. And, and I'm glad it did. I'm not glad why it happened, but obviously Good for you. Good for you. Again, my guest is Brad Shreve of the podcast, Queer Writers of Crime podcast. And Brad, the time has come to give us our hot vax summer read list uh, of recommendations. Coming okay. in at number one. Coming in at number one is the only book that I'm going to talk about that hasn't had a recent release. And that's because the author died in 2004. Oh, <laughs> but if someone wants an introduction to queer mysteries, it's an absolute must read. Uh, it was published in 1970 and it's called Fade Out by Joseph Hansen. He was not the first, but his novel rightfully credited for ringing in the modern era of LGBTQ mysteries. Uh, Love it. it. Wow. It's the first of a 12-novel series featuring David Branstetter. Uh, now he's an insurance investigator, not a detective, but he's still hard-boiled, tough, and no-nonsense. And in Fade Out, there's a death claim caused by an auto accident, and David, the insurance investigator, is sent in because a body was never found. Wow. So, I'm intrigued it, already. <laughs> yeah, it, it's the first place to go if you want to start out reading gay mysteries or in the gay crime fiction. I love it. I love it. All right. Good. That's a great one. Number two. Number two is a gentleman that is also considered a classic. His name is Richard Stevenson. His latest novel is Killer Reunion. It's the 16th book in his P.I. Donald Strachey series. 
his first novel was published in 1981. It's the only one of the series that was published before the uh, AIDS virus. Oh, wow. And uh, he's, he's a classic writer, and his books, four of them have been made into movies. Oh. Uh, now, they starred Chad Allen, and I will tell you, definitely stick with the books. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Richard Stevenson will tell you that himself, uh, but they're great stories. And his latest one was published in 2019. Uh, Donald Strachey and his partner, Timmy, attend uh, a reunion during the Trump administration. And let's just say that arguments over politics don't end well for one of the family members. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> this sounds relatable and so many um, close, to, close to home. Okay. I like this. I like this. Nice. All right. Moving on. Okay. Number three. Uh, it's written by a former attorney and staff member of the California Supreme Court. His name is Michael Nava. His first novel was published in 1986 and features Henry Rios, a gay defense attorney, Michael, his works are taught in college classrooms. He's been honored by virtually every major newspaper. His work is incredible. Uh, his latest book is Lies with Man, and it just came out in April. Nice. It's great nice. like all of his others. Uh, the story takes place in the mid-80s, and it's very loosely based on reality. Um a client of his is implicated in the murder of an evangelical minister who was a significant supporter of a California ballot to quarantine people with HIV. Wow. Oh. Now, su such a ballot did exist. It didn't go that far. Michael makes it in fiction. It goes a little further than it did in real life. Kind of but imagines what would be if this actually did pass, which... One, my mind's already moving in a million directions. So, wow. Yeah, not that it passed, but it had a much better chance. Okay, okay. Okay. Uh, next book. Next book is by Cheryl Head. Her much-anticipated novel, Warn Me When It's Time, is the sixth in her Motown mystery series. Uh, it features P.I. Charlie Mack, who is hired by the children of a well-respected Muslim leader, who was killed in a mosque during a series of hate-related crimes. And the great thing about Charlie Mack, the lead character, is she is one of the few women in crime who is African-American and also a lesbian. Nice. I love this. Really, really awesome. Good. This one sounds great. Yeah, and Cheryl's awesome herself. She's been on your show, I take it, yes? She's been on my show, and she's just, it's hard to be a crime writer without at least knowing of Cheryl. If you don't Got know it. I love it. Do we have one more? We do have one more. I will admit she's a friend of mine, but she's an outstanding writer. Uh, her name is Dharma Kelleher. And she is one of the very few transgender authors of oh, mysteries okay. featuring a transgender protagonist. And I love this. Her latest novel is Turf Wars, T-E-R-F, and it just released uh, the fourth novel in her Jinx Baloo thrillers, and Jinx is a bounty, bounty hunter, uh, a kick-ass woman, and in Turf Wars, she's hot on the trail of a fugitive who 
brutally murdered a transgender woman in a restroom. Wow, this sounds really good. I love this one. All of them, Brad, these are great picks. I am getting all of these and starting. I hope some of my listeners do too, and we can communicate on what we have a book club. I think it would be really great. Brad, this is really great. We we have to mention your two books that are out there, A Body in a Bathhouse was the first one. The second book is A Body on the Hill, both with the character Mitch O'Reilly. You can get those uh, wherever you get your books or, or download. Uh, yeah. Um, the... Uh ebook can only be getting at uh on amazon okay perfect brad and then the podcast uh queer writers of crime podcast um do you it's once a week correct it's once a week releases on tuesday and wherever you listen to podcasts is where you'll find us lastly where can people keep up with you and follow you uh they can follow me on my website, which is bradshreve.com. It has links to my Facebook, my Instagram, and my Twitter. I tend to spend more time lately on Twitter. I, I hated it for a while, but I've learned to stay away from politics. I hear you. I hear you. I've learned to love social media myself. Thank, Brad, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure. And I'm going to get on these books. Um, we'll keep in touch. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Steve. Okay, well, I couldn't be more happy to be with my dear friend, and we are in Santa Cruz, Capitola, California. It's Pride Weekend. Happy Pride, Kevin Thomas, uh, who has a channel on YouTube, and we're going to talk about some of his recommendations. Uh, Kevin Thomas, how you doing? Oh, my God, Steve. You know Mamou's doing great when you're around, and I mean that from the heart and from the cock. Hey, I love that. I love <laughs> We've been having such a good weekend. Well, you know, I wanted to talk to you about your YouTube channel. I know you do all... Tell us a little bit about your channel. We're going to focus on this week's episode, which has to do kind of with our show. Well, I, I added actually a sub to my channel when the pandemic hit because we couldn't go out. So I started the At Home Film Festival, hashtag At Home Film Festival. And I've done so many different themes over the year, gay, not gay, um, romance, horror, whatever. But... It was so funny we happened to be getting together this week because my air my episode that aired Sunday was all about sex and sensuality and fetish and having fun and erections and coming and it's not even porn. Well, I love it. And so I got to ask you, these movies that you're going to tell us a little bit about, are they current movies? Or are they movies that, because I know in some of your festivals you like to do um, best of, tell us a little bit about what you're recommending. It's actually a spectrum of time. Um, it actually, one of the movies, which I think I've talked about on your show before, Taxi Zoom Closed, like 20, 30 years old, but that actually always stuck in my head. But last year at a lot of film festivals, a movie called Dry Wind was released. And oh my God. First of all, photography wise, magnificent. Plot wise, non sexual, really good, but it's about a man that gets bored at work. So he sort of has fantasy sometimes they're real sometimes they're not they involve voyeurism and staring at people in the shower that are motherfucking hot and then there's this one scene oh my god people take your hand off your dick right now because there's a scene where he sees these people in a room like in leather and one has like a dog collar on and one guy is sucking some other guy's cock and when that cock comes i go that's not just acting that's real and that was by the way, Steve, that cock was so beautiful. As I used to think Big was always better. That one was just so beautiful. I would give it an award best cock. 
I mean, I think so many of our LGBTQ films, or gay films at least, are pushing the boundaries of showing cock, even coming. I know you have another movie where they actually show it. For so long, it was, you know, we didn't get anything but a flaccid dick at best. Yeah, now we got hard cocks. And you know what? We still have flaccid. That's more of like the PG-13 and R. And people may forget the rating NC-17, which I don't think is used anymore. That came about to show sensuality and sexuality. That's not porn. But that sort of faded away. So it's just more unrated. Because there's so many great movies. Like one that was filmed in San Francisco. This is one that I... When I kept remembering these movies year after year, I said, I need to put a little compilation together of them on my YouTube channel, which, by the way, is youtube.com slash realkev, R-E-E-L-K-E-V. But back to the movie. There's one called I Want Your Love. It takes place in San Francisco. They're friends. They chat. They're like us. But then, like, as real couples, they get together and have sex. And it's like real sex. I felt like they were really a couple. And once again, those cum shots are so real. I don't even think Meryl Streep could act her way around that. So uh, tell is there a plot in this movie that we follow along? I want your, what's it called? I, I want, want your love. Yeah, it's I want your love. Friends, it's, you know, just friends gathering and the relationship problems and pluses and how you work things through. All these movies have plots. They're all not just to show sex. One that I almost didn't include called The End of the Century, which was a film from two film festivals ago there's this one great scene at the early on in the movie that was super sexually charged and the rest of the movie was just you know normal movie sex but that sex scene was so hot with like the sensuality the breathing between two people you know when you're in having sex when you're in rhythm in bed and you breathe right and you 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 come correctly. I mean, it's not, it just really made the movies great. Well, and I think what's great about you putting together this films, I know you're going to tell us a couple more, but what's really great about this is if we want a porn movie or we want to have sex. We can do that. We can put on porn so easy to get right now, but you're putting together this film festival guide for us when you want a story, when you want sensuality and you might get some hot nudity or cum shots as well. We're, we can handle that today. And I don't think, you know, film gave us that many options pr- prior to now. Um, real quick on I Want Your Love, about when did that come out? And can we see it online? You know what? See, that, I always edit forget. No, 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 no. Don't edit it out. Because um, I try to also make most of these movies accept. I try to make most of these movies accessible because why am I going to tell you about a movie you can never see? I Want Your Love is on Here TV, which is a really great channel that I love and great for the gay community. And I don't know if it's over yet, but they recently had a 30% off special. And they're not your sponsor. I'm just telling you this. Um, that if you subscribe for a year, you get 30% off. And, and I Want Your Love is totally available on there. Love it. Any more films or is, is did we wrap up well of course there are more but i'm not going to tell all about them people got to go to youtube.com slash real kev r-e-e-l-k-e-v they could watch seven or eight movies that i talk about i also think i masturbate and play with a little stuffed animal teddy with an erection but you'll have to watch that show to find out and you can always follow Kevin on all social media platforms, including his YouTube channel at Real Kev, R E E L K E V, or on Instagram, it's at Real Kevo, K E V O.
Yeah, I couldn't do Real Kev everywhere because some other guy took Real Kev on Instagram, has never posted one thing five years. Hate him. Damn it. Damn it. Thank you, Kevin. Happy Pride. And we'll have you back soon. Thanks so much. Bye. Well, thanks for listening. This has been so much fun. As we round out Pride Month, happy Pride to you all. It's been such a great special month, especially as things are opening up. Next week, we're back with all new episodes along with all my co-hosts. I'm back with Tags Live this Wednesday, so stay tuned for that. And lastly, follow us on social media, on Instagram, at Tags Podcast. DM us so that we can give you sex and relationship advice. It's at Tags Podcast. And in the meantime, continue having hot gay sex.